Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy and EdgeMobilitySystem.com. My co-host, Jason Shane, is out and about, but in his place, our guest today is Doug Murray, a physio, also from Canada. That's why I said physio, or I guess that could be anywhere else but the United States and the Philippines. Uh, so I'll let Doug introduce himself quickly, and then he has a story for us. Welcome to the podcast, Doug. Thanks, Erson. Um, so my name is... Doug Murray. I'm physiotherapist in London, Ontario. Um, I am a currently a fellow in training with NextGen, and um, I work primarily in orthopedics. And once a week, I uh, consult with a acquired brain injury unit. And uh, yeah, you want me to go ahead with my story? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so um, I thought this was a great story to tell. And that's why I contacted Urson because. Uh, a couple of years ago, when I'm only you know fresh and green and only two years out of school, um, this is a, a a story that I'll never forget, and, and and it's a medical screening story, and I think one of the most important aspects of it is just the the clinical uh, presentation of it, as well as the patient's history. So I'm in clinic, and I have a young girl probably couldn't look. She didn't look more than 20, 21, and she was uh, coming in with her mother. They had just come from the emergency room, and she was clearly uncomfortable. She was crying. She couldn't stop crying. It was a very challenging situation for me because I hadn't, you know, experienced this kind of, you know, level of uh, emotional and physical distress in my clinical experience at that point. So we start talking, and I said, well, what's going on? And she said, I just came from the emergency room. The, uh, the the ER the doctors think I tore my rotator cuff. I'm like, oh, that's awful. Like, well, tell me how it happened. She's like, well, I don't know how it happened. So that first raised a big red flag for me. If you you're, if you're young and you 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 look you know fairly healthy, you should know if you've torn your rotator cuff. So she tells her story that for the past eight months she's had episodic shoulder pain. So it's right shoulder pain. Um, and around the scapula and the, and the lateral aspect of, of of her shoulder, and it would happen for a couple days, once a month. And it started just being annoying, and then it started getting worse. But it would always go away, and she'd be fine. And I asked her, I was like, "Are you active?" She's like, "Yeah, I go to the gym, I work out, um, I go to work, and I'm fine." Um, but once a month, this shoulder pain is is killing me. And this time, it's the worst it's ever been. It's been for four days. I can't move my arm. And she's crying in front of me. So this is, this is awful. So I, I look at the way she's sitting and her, her right shoulder is just is dropped. Like, like her, her shoulder, like it's probably two inches of a lowered right shoulder. And then so we start talking a little more. I'm, I'm really concerned at this point. I'm like, this does not seem like a shoulder and MSK problem at all. So it's really started getting into the history as best I can. My exam is really... You know, I can't really examine much. I just make sure I check her neck range of motion, see if neck 
If her neck is referring anything to her shoulder, check a neurological-based stuff. I tried to check some active range, but she really couldn't move her shoulder more than a couple, a few inches away from her body. So I, I, I my best way to intervene is is to say, listen, I, I think I think you need to go back and have a conversation with your family doctor um, and say that I really don't think this is a, 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 a torn rotator cuff. I'm not sure what this is, but I really think I can help you, you know, find some answers here. So I, uh, the best thing I could do for her that day was to take some Luco tape and just support her shoulder because it had dropped quite a bit. And she understood. Um, she left and I said, listen, because of your history only uh, having pain for a couple of days a month, come back later in the week and just let me see if you're b- better. And also let me see if, if the pain has gone down, maybe I can do a more thorough examination. So she comes back in a couple of days later and she's 50% improved. She still, she still does not have all of her range of motion yet, um, but her shoulder pain is way down. She's not crying. She went back to work. She seems 50% improved. So we start, I really started going after her, her history on this. And I'm really, I'm asking crazy questions. I've never asked anyone before. I'm really trying to get some insight as to where this episodic shoulder pain would come from. And I asked her going really into red flag questions. She had no reported weight loss. She had no fever or chills. She only had pain or night pain during her episodic time of shoulder pain. Um, But the pain was unrelenting when it occurred, but it would always go away. She had no lumps or bumps or bruises or anywhere. Um, So I really go in and systemically after these questions, these red flag questions, but I didn't really get anything besides, you know, unknown origin, episodic, and when it was there, it was unrelenting. She did have an x-ray, which was normal. So I did a bunch of other examination and I, I couldn't really come up with anything to hold my hat on to initiate a treatment program. So I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't treat you because I really don't know what's happening, but I'm gonna write a, a really good letter to your family doctor to help with this investigation. I really think you should probably not get an ultrasound. I really think you should probably just go right for the MRI. I'm gonna see if I can make a case for you. So I wrote my, uh, I wrote my doctor's note for her and I said, listen, I'll, I'll call you in about a month. So a month later I called her and she said she had another episode. It was quite severe again, but it went away and she was back to work. She hadn't got back to working out because she just, her shoulders still didn't feel right. But um, the doctor got my note. They evaluated. For some reason, I can't remember why, but they didn't send her for an MRI. I think they sent her for an EMG because I wanted to see if this was coming from her neck. I was frustrated with this because my clinical examination indicated that this wasn't coming from her neck. This was clearly something wrong with her shoulder. So then I didn't hear from her for about maybe two months and then one day and I'll, I'll i'll never forget this one day i'm in my clinic i look in the waiting room and i see a young girl sitting there and she had a, a scarf around her head and i, ch- I check my schedule and i'm like oh my god that's her, that's the name of, i recognize that name i go and see her she comes in and she has a scarf around her head and she's in a sling and apparently um her diagnosis was ewing sarcoma and she had just got out of surgery six weeks ago because they removed, I don't know, 80% of her rotator cuff. She almost lost her entire arm. 
And I just, my, I, I just was just in shock. I, I had to pull my jaw off the floor. I was like, I knew something was, was wrong, but I never would have guessed that. At that time, I hadn't been in fellowship, and my clinical reasoning on, on or my understanding of a variety of different cancers was really not great, but I, I knew what an MSK problem versus a non-MSK problem was. But, um, but yeah, she had, she'd got out of surgery, and that was the diagnosis, and unfortunately, it took too long for this to occur. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's, and that's my story. Yeah, that's a great story. And I think that, you know, the things that we learn too, uh, I'm not sure if you, you probably learned in fellowship because actually I think I first heard about this article that I often cite, especially on the podcast, we've had a few cancer cases uh, about the systematic review on red flags for cancer. Like none of the ones that we even are, are, are trained to ask for about, you know, unremitting night pain and three zones of spinal pain, like none of those are even relevant uh, or were found to be um correlated with an actual with actual cancer i think there's still great questions to ask but the only two that were really found um, to be correlated with cancer were a previous history of cancer uh, combined with a failure to improve within a month i believe are you aware of that study uh yes i am and um at the time i don't think i at the time i don't think i was i was just going based off what i'd learned in school and this person was young she was 20 she didn't she didn't look unwell at all she had no history of any sort of medical illness, and she didn't have any of those major signs. And at the time, I was not familiar with Ewing sarcoma or how it presented. And um, I did look online and searched around a bit afterwards, and I wasn't able to find the, the, the symptom of episodic shoulder pain or, or episodic pain in general until I started looking at the forums, like patients who had these diagnoses would go on like a support forum and describe mm-hmm. their story. And that's where I found some of them had episodic right. pain in nature. Whereas a lot of like WebMD and, and, and other things would just say, you know, unrelenting pain right. and fever right. and chills. And, yeah, and I mean, so that on. whole general malaise thing, you know, a lot a couple of the cancer patients I saw, they they weren't generally unwell other than the fact that they maybe had constant pain. But yeah, I mean, with her being so young, that's, you know, at least they caught it. That's, yes. Yeah. So yeah, that, that probably would have happened in any country just because she was so young and otherwise healthy and fit and mm-hmm. work out and everything. So yeah, great story. And, you know, um, maybe we'll post some links to uh, Ewing sarcoma in the show notes because I, <laughs> I would have to review that too. It's, I had never seen that. Or, you know, it's not something I'd studied in a long time. So yeah, thanks for this. Uh, thanks for the story, Doug. And, you know, if they want to find you on social media or maybe, uh, I don't know, if you're still teaching for next gen, attend any of your courses, where can we find you? Um, yeah, I don't have a, a, a large social media presence at the moment, but I'm looking at changing that in the future. <clears throat> um, I will be uh, t- teaching with NextGen in November for their COMT courses in West Virginia. And um, myself, uh, Mark Powers and Rod Henderson are putting some content together, hopefully for a course coming up in the future on movement. Um, so you can watch it for that. Uh, yeah, be sure to check out NextGenPT. Um, I'd have to give a disclaimer that I am part of NextGenPT, so that's why I favor it so much. 
<laughs> but I didn't, it's not like I had Doug on just because of that. It was, I, he contacted me and I thought it would be a great story. So uh, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Tell all your family and friends about our podcast, whether you like it or not. Uh, check out Jason Shane's stuff, Shane Physiotherapy. Uh, .ca and Shane Physiotherapy on Facebook and be sure to check out Modern Manual Therapy on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our blog at themanualtherapist.com for daily blog updates and check out all of my products at edgemobilitysystem.com and hope to see you at a future MMT seminar. Have a great day.